This week on the Egg Sports Podcast. The Blue Jays extend Mark Shapiro. The Western Hockey League announces a 24-game regular season, kind of. And the Oilers lose game one to the Canucks. I'm Ethan Beduza. And I'm Ryan Mackney. And you, sir, or madam, are listening to Egg Sports. Everybody, welcome back to the Yank Sports Podcast. Ethan and Ryan here again, and we actually have a special guest coming on a little bit later in the show. But first, we got some news from the sports world. Um, the Blue Jays have a signing to announce. Ethan, did, did I hear that correctly? That's right. Let's you betcha. Ball. Blue Jays making moves. Okay. They have a signing Blue to Jays. announce. Dang, it's a five-year contract. Yeah, you ready? Oh, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Blue oh, yes. Jays Nation has been dying for some signing news, and here it is. Here it comes. Here, here it is, right here. Open this your brains. Here it comes. Brain, brains open. President of Baseball Operations, Mark Shapiro, extended five years. Woo! <laughs> 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 Uh yeah, that Crab is rave. that is literally the only thing the Jays have done since they yeah. since they signed relief pitcher AJ Cole to a one year minor league contract. Hey, that's uh, big news. That's I like, big I, I like news. AJ Cole last year, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, if I were to sum up the Blue Jays offseason so far in one word, it would be tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah, not a lot happening. Uh honestly, it throughout baseball. Now, okay, throughout baseball has been mostly quiet. Obviously, the Lindor trade happened, which I'm so glad the Blue Jays didn't get Lindor. Oh, thank God. Um, I know some Blue Jays fans really want and I love Francisco Lindor. I think he's a great player, but we would have given up way too. I was hearing reports that any trade with Lindor was going to involve Guriel, and that's a no for me. Yeah. So Lindor's headed. I mean, he's headed to the Mets, so we won't play him. No big deal. Uh, the other news that happened this is like the only free agent signing that's actually happened. Former Blue Jay Liam Hendricks, uh, thought by many to be the the best relief pitcher on the open market, signed with the White Sox. It was rumored that the Jays were in on him. Uh, he actually visited the Blue Jays' spring training complex down in Dunedin. Uh, so it sounds like the Jays were one of the the last teams in on him. And I was bummed when I heard that he signed with the White Sox until I heard how much they were paying for him. $54 million over four years for a relief pitcher. That's a lot of monies. Like we're talking about a guy that, you know, maybe shows up in 50 games. Wow. Over a full season. That's a lot for a relief pitcher. That's, that's kind of nuts. And in those 50 games, he pitches an inning. Like I'm having a closer is important. Yeah, there's probably better ways to spend your money. Like this, this yeah. is the game has that's changed. Like, that's like giving a million bucks for a convertible that you can't drive eight months of the year. 
because it's snowing. That's funny because I know like 10 people that have done that. Um, <laughs> I get it. The game's changed. You need, you need a closer. You need an elite back in your bullpen if you want to win. But $54 million. That's it's a little bit. And hey, I love I love uh, uh, Liam Hendricks. Like I said, former Blue Jay, he's again become one of the game's best relief pitchers. But that's a lot of money. Um, I mean, if he's one of the best in his position, paying him a lot makes sense. But for if he's that position, I wouldn't go that high. You're not you're not going to be playing enough, you know. I don't yeah. know. Um, in terms of other free agents, Springer, Real Muto. Uh, LeMayhew, Bauer, Tanaka, they're all still free agents. So I don't know. What do you what do you think, right? Like what are the Jays doing here? Like um, if you had to predict what's gonna happen to the Jays, like what they're gonna go out and get, what what are you thinking? I mean, I, I if you haven't made any signings yet, I would assume it's just gonna be like depth stuff. For the bullpen, but like, yeah, but the thing is, no big nobody, names have signed. Nobody yeah. has made any signings. I'm still hoping they're going after Big Maple, but I don't, like, I don't know, like, I don't have much of a gauge on what they're, what I expect now. It's, it's weird. Not, there hasn't been, like, everyone's still out there. Maybe, maybe they're still in on like the top guys, and as soon as they decide. Then all the depth guys are going to go because the talk is off the market. Maybe everyone's waiting for like that big fish to fall. I don't know. So I would assume what this might mean if they haven't made any other signings and the big fish is on the table. If they are in on some big fish, that's my really only need. But in terms of actually signing them, I don't. I have no idea what to expect. And that's usually how it works in baseball, right? It's very slow. And then usually around January, someone signs somewhere and then everyone panics and throws money at things. Yeah. The next guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Especially with pitchers. Like as soon as that top pitcher goes this year, it's Trevor Bauer. uh, Guys going to get locked up quick. I feel like it's taking a bit longer this year to kind of develop though. I don't know. I just get that feeling. What's the financials like of the MLB right now? Is that is that the reasoning behind it? You Not think? good, but I I actually that's a good point you bring up because I imagine there are a few owners that have come out and said we've lost a ridiculous amount of money. I can't afford to look at the Indians are having a garage sale on all their players. Yeah. Um, and they were they were struggling before the pandemic even if they made it to a World Series. Uh, if I were to put a bet on this, I think the Jays are going to get two players that are in the like good, sought-after free agent category. They might not yeah. get Bauer or Springer or you know one of the top guys. I think they're going to pick up two. They're going to get a starter, I think. Uh, and then some kind of position player still Paxton would be great, but even like yeah. Tanaka's out there. I don't know who else is. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pitchers on the market right now. And, uh, if I'm being honest, I don't really love Trevor Bauer for the blue Jays, but yeah, I can't deny he's a good I mean, pitcher. 
He would be a two or three on our team. Sorry. Yeah. Are we gonna keep Shoemaker? Is he he he's he's UFA? Any word on him? Rumor? Nothing. I don't like I I don't think I don't I don't think he wants to come back after the playoffs. That's totally understandable. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll be here to report when anything does happen. So. Or if. But the crazy thing is, like, Justin Turner <laughs> is a guy I look at. This guy is Mr. Dodger. He is a lock to stay with the Dodgers. No serious, credible yeah. baseball insider is saying he's going anywhere but the Dodgers. He's not signed yet. Yeah, what's up with that? Are- like they just won a fucking <laughs> World Series. And he's been a part of that core for seems like forever. And he's maybe not other signed teams yet. are calling him. And I, or maybe there's- honestly, this would be kind of funny if like if like teams are calling him knowing full well he's not, you know, going anywhere other than other than LA and they're just calling him and they're just not going to sign him because once once the big fish falls, other signings are going to happen. So they're just going to hold on to him to screw everyone else over and not make any signings until it's too late. That's, yeah, maybe. that's a secret plan. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's like the biggest free agent signing has probably been Liam Hendricks. <laughs> um, and again, no disrespect to Liam Hendricks, but he was like tenth on the on the free agent lists. I yeah. it's just weird. It's silent. Like we're yeah. hearing we're hearing nothing. Well, we're That's hearing wild. stuff, but it's the same stuff, right? Oh, the yeah. Jays are in on Springer. Oh, the Jays are in on Bauer, but no, nothing has progressed. That's just that's just Toronto media, though. <laughs> well, it's not Toronto media. I yeah, on everybody. To to be fair, like. JP Morosi and and other guys that respect the national baseball media. Um, so going back to Shapiro, five year extension. Ross Atkins got extended last year. How do you feel about just their time in Toronto as a whole? They both so Shapiro got signed uh, twenty fifteen. He took over after the 2015 season, after they just, you know, made the playoffs for the first time in 23 years. Uh, Atkins was in 2016, I believe. Mm-hmm. So since then, like, if you were to give him a grade on how they've done, what well, what do you think? Um, I'm going to give a solid B plus. Now that because. There hasn't been success. We had that season where we sucked. But um, I'm not looking at, like, what has been done in the last five years. I'm looking more at what that has led us to. And I feel like this team right now has potential to get good and get good fast, mm-hmm. especially with a signing. So I'm not going to – like I'm not, I can't give, like, an A because, you know, not a playoff team. But I'll, I'm also going to – I'm not going to give – much lower than an A because look at the potential of this team and what, what they've done with their time here. So that's mm-hmm. where I'm going to go. I'm going to say B plus just for the potential. And if the, if the potential never gets reached, then I guess I can eat my B right here, but I like what things are looking up. It's so, 
it's been so weird because when in the first two years, we'll say, so 2016, 2017, Blue Jays fans hated these guys, right? And it makes sense. Like, it looked like they were mismanaging the team because this was a team, two straight playoff appearances, right? Uh, in 2015, they were like one win away from the World Series. And let's be honest, if they made it to the World Series, they would have won because the Royals were the best team they played that playoffs. And they lost to the Royals. So, yeah. Um, but then, like, it started after 2015 when David Price, who was one of the most important players on that playoff run, even though we got him at the deadline and he only spent th- like two, three months here. Yeah. Blue Jays fans will remember David Price for a long time because he helped us get there. Yeah. It doesn't matter how long you're there for. If you're there, if you're part of a deep run, you will be remembered. Like looking it, at the Oilers, how long did David DeHarnay play here? Oh, yeah, exactly. But we remember him for that one important overtime yeah. goal in the playoff series that we won. So, But David Price okay. was a free agent after that season. Didn't even get an offer from the Blue Jays. Yeah. They just said, thanks for your time, Dave. Have a nice trip. And where does he go? The fucking Red Sox. Of course. So, of course, he pitches against us 10 times the next season. Yeah. Which is uncool. Now, David Price's career from that point has been rocky at best. But at mm-hmm. the time, my point is at the time, it was not a very popular move with Blue Jays fans. 2016. Uh, after 2016, Edwin Encarnacion. Got an offer. He walked. But ended up going to, uh, I think it was Chicago. Yeah, the White Sox. Um, And, you know, I was today I was looking at some of the trades. Like Liam Hendricks, I said former Blue Jay, he was traded by Ross Atkins to Oakland for Jesse Chavez. Who? Exactly. Um. <laughs> And then there was like Gio Urshela. I had no idea Gio Urshela was in the Blue Jays Blue Jays organization before he went to the Yankees and just had an incredible rookie season. Guess what he was traded to the Yankees for? Oh no. $25,000. <laughs> they couldn't even get like 30,000, you know? Yeah. Or they like could- a bunch of subway, you know? Fucking, that's it. Yeah, like an Amazon gift card. (laughs) A nice hat. And Josh Donaldson, they waited way too long to trade Josh Donaldson because it became clear that the Blue Jays were no longer a competitor. Uh, But they said, no, we're going to keep Josh Donaldson, even though when his contract is up, he's not going to stay here and we're not going to get anything from him. They traded him for Julian Mayweather, who from his limited outings in 2020 looks like a pretty good relief pitcher, but I mean, this guy won the friggin' MVP. Yeah. And you got a middle reliever for him because at that point, everyone knew that the blue Jays were trying to ship him. Mm-hmm. So you get less, you have less leverage when people know you have no leverage. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, 
Especially if they're if they're a free agent, you have none at all. It's like, oh, you want that much for him? Well, then no, we'll just yeah. sign him for free. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a lot of missed opportunities and just like it was a bad situation, but mm-hmm. they still didn't have like Aaron Sanchez for Derek Fisher. Yeah, Derek Fisher has not looked good as a Blue Jay so far. Obviously, he's young. We gotta give him some time, but you know, Aaron Sanchez led the league in ERA in 2016. What did we get for Stroman? Uh, Anthony K. Okay. Right, like they're getting something, but not what what the player is worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could, you know, I could rip on the first couple of years now. You're right, Ryan. They have built a very nice team here. Yeah, it's been built back up. And they got some, like, the Hyunjin Ryu signing? Unbelievable. Completely changed the outlook of this franchise. And got Mm -hmm. them at a pretty decent price, too. Uh, So now it's kind of turned. You know, some Blue Jays fans look at how 2016 and on went. And are still kind of pissed about that. Some people look at the team we have now and say, well, what do you mean? Like, we have a good team. We have a future. When's the last time we've had a future, Ryan? Fucking 1991 is the last time we had a future. And now we're back. We're back, back, baby. Like, even when we were in the playoffs in 15 and 16, we sold the farm to get rentals. And that's how we got in the playoffs. Yeah. We no shipped, there. We shipped all of our top prospects for a price and Tulowitzki and uh, Latroy Hawkins and Ben Revere. And yeah. Actually, before I keep going, cool fact. You know who the longest tenured player on the Blue Jays is? Grichuk? Ryan Barucki. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, wow. And he's only been here since, like, let, let me just pull up Ryan Barucki's uh, baseball reference here. Ryan, like one of my favorite players. I freaking love me some Ryan Barucki. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he's 26 years old. And he is. Yeah. The, the Blue Jays. <laughs> dra- tenured player at 26. So the Blue Jays drafted him in 2012. So he's been in the system. Uh, his first appearance in the major leagues was 2018. Like that's. This is not the same team that almost made it to the World Series. Uh, now, no. the reason the reason I can't give Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins because to me they're a tandem, they're a package deal. The reason I can't give them a B plus, uh, even though they have built themselves a really nice team, is because if you look at the pieces that were here. In 2015, when Shapiro arrived, mm-hmm. Vlad Guerrero Jr. was already signed by the Blue Jays. Kevin Biggio already drafted. Yeah, okay. Um, there was another one. Shoot. Uh, let me just pull up the Blue Jays lineup here. Ryan Barucki was drafted three years before Shapiro even got here. Right? Like, if you actually go in and look. Now, yes, 
Ryu, great signing. Gritchuk, yup. Mm-hmm. Um, but they inherited a, lo- a lot of these pieces. Danny Jansen, Danny Jansen was already here. Guriel Jr. Yeah, so I guess less credit goes to them than you may originally think. Guriel Jr., he was part of the uh it was a trade. I think it was the Liriano. Yeah, it was the Liriano trade, I think. Uh that was a good move. Sorry, my uh it's taking a long time to load here. There's one more guy I want to check on. But, like, my point stands, right? About half this team was inherited. Mm-hmm. Now, the one guy that they did draft that looks like it's going to pan out pretty well was Bo Bichette. Yeah. Bo he Bichette's he's going to be a stud in the major leagues. He already is a stud. He's got that big league hair. Uh, yeah, Rowdy Telez was the <laughs> other. Rowdy, Rowdy Telez was the other guy I wanted to look at. He was drafted in 2013. So, They've done a good job complementing the core that they have, but for the most part, with the exception of Bo Bichette, the core was already here. Yeah. Right? So, eh, I give him a saw. I give him a C. He's been perfectly average, all things considered. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> when you really look into it, yeah, I guess they inherited most of this the current or the future. I wouldn't say most. I, I would say it's about 50, 50. Um, I, I didn't really look at the pitchers. So, but <laughs> I, I can already tell you uh, just going off of memory. Uh, Ryu. Uh, he brought in Anthony K. He brought in. So look, Blue Jays rotation last year was Ryu. Who was signed. And then Roark, Anderson, Shoemaker, like the whole starting rotation was guys that Shapiro brought in. Yeah. So, so I, on yeah. the pitching that end, was, that was huge. On the pitching end, he deserves full credit. But mm-hmm. the core of this team is the position players and especially the infield. So, and he inherited most of that. Um, I don't know. I think that's enough Blue Jays. There's not a lot going on. We're really stretching this. <laughs> it was a slow week for news. Yeah. Uh, let's talk some hockey, and we're going to talk about the Oilers in a bit. Uh, the WHL, Ryan, made an announcement. Tell us about this the announcement dub. that they made. Um, WHL, they, and they originally going to bring back hockey. I think they said January 8th, which obviously is whoops way behind us now. Um, yeah, but, um, they have now announced the second return to play plan. Um, and I'm just pulling up exactly when they're saying they're going to do that. There is, there is no start date yet. There isn't. Okay. No, perfect. So they haven't got one yet. But they're going to play, what is it, 24 games? 24 games. Yeah, 24. That is a heckin' short season. Yep. Um, um, I mean, 
And I and it's also going to be all interdivisional game. I would assume they didn't say that in the press release, but that's what they said. Yeah, there's no for way the, no for the Jets. Yeah, 24 games. Like, come on. Um, yeah. So yeah, the announcement that they put out, there was not a lot of substance there. It no, boiled. It's just like, yo, 24 games. Even in how they said soon. it. Even in how they said it, I found interesting. They didn't say we're playing this season. They said we are committed to playing a season. Um, well, <laughs> all we know is that it's 24 games and it's probably interdivisional. Uh, yeah. There's some worries. The American teams, where are they going to be? Uh, there's apparently, just I, I didn't know this. Themselves. I didn't know this. I think there's some issue crossing the Saskatchewan Manitoba border. Yeah, Manitoba is or maybe Saskatchewan. Someone has like a bit of like a lock down-ish yeah. thing mm-hmm. happening. Um like a at least like a border ban of sorts. So that division, the so Winnipeg Brandon, uh Saskatoon, Regina, Moose Jaw, Prince Albert, those teams mm-hmm. Some of those teams, whoever's in the East division. Yeah. <laughs> uh, l- like the Manitoba teams, there's two of them are completely isolated right now as it stands yeah. from There'll what I 24 games of Winnipeg versus Brandon. Yeah. In which case, Brandon will win 23 of them. Good. Good luck finding someone to ref those. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot of balls up in the air right now. I'm actually kind of surprised that the WHL said anything given the state of affairs. Yeah. Um, Some other news that I want to pass along. It's not Edmonton related, but I just found it interesting. The city of Cranbrook, British Columbia is suing the Winnipeg ice, formerly the Kootenai ice who used to play in Cranbrook. They're suing the team for violating their <laughs> arena deal. They say that the team by moving to Winnipeg oh. was, was in violation of their agreement. And because of this, the city of Cranbrook is losing $178,000 a year. Like, first of all, this is out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. They've been in, in, in Winnipeg for a couple of years, well over a year. I it may it, honestly, it's definitely been over two years since the announcement of going to Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so why would? Huh? I mean, maybe it's because now they finally lost enough money that they want to take action on it. But still, what I don't funny. understand is <laughs> they say they're losing money. How are they not losing money when the team was in Cranbrook? That's like, a good teams normally move because you're losing money, right? They, they, no, seriously, because. You know, I've been to games in Cranbrook. There was not a lot of people there. Yeah. They were averaging a thousand fans a game in a four thousand seat arena in their last season. <laughs> so you can't say that, oh yeah, you move you're pr- actually you're probably making money because now you don't have to well, you still have to run the arena, right? But uh, it's yeah. just odd. That's whack. Maybe maybe the the arena is so expensive that you know the hundred and seventy eight thousand just cut. How do you? I just 
a thousand fans a game for 60 some games or whatever it is. How does that equal $178,000? I, I don't get it. I mean, I don't have enough fingers to math that out right here, but even if I did, I wouldn't, I'd have some serious trouble with that. I don't exactly know how that's happening. Yeah. I just, I find the whole thing odd. Uh, and like I said, it just came out of nowhere. Other Western hockey league news. Well, not really news, but a cool thing. 139 former WHL players on NHL opening night rosters. Nice. That's that's very cool. Uh, yeah. The Dub is such a great program. Oh, it is. It's it's great hockey. I had a tab open in Google Chrome, and I accidentally closed it here. Uh, five Edmonton Oil Kings alumni. And this this 139, this includes taxi squads. Uh, well, taxi squads and injured reserves. So it's like opening night rosters in quotes uh five former edmonton oil kings that? sorry you were gonna say something Pissick, Lazar. well I, I, i'm trying to figure who the, who the fifth guys are ryan dear friend i was going to tell you but sure if you want to just shit on my <laughs> curtis lazar with the buffalo sabers mark Pissick with the dallas stars yeah Is that, that's where he ended up uh, that's, Matthew that's right. Matthew Robertson with the New York Rangers, Tristan Jari the stud with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Laurent Bossois with the Winnipeg Jets. Laurent Bossois. Uh, so who are you missing? Um, did you say Robertson? I don't remember. I said because Rob- Robertson. I didn't. He's on Taxi Squad only. Jari. I, I, Lazar. I think I forgot Robertson, honestly. <laughs> okay, Ryan, I, did... I, I, I have a question for you. Which NHL team has the most WHL alumni on their opening night roster? St. Louis. Wrong. It is the Edmonton Oilers. Your Edmonton Oilers. Really? They have well, darn heckin' toot. I should have known that. 11 WHL alumni. I'm going to go through the list here. Tyson Berry, Kelowna Rockets, Ethan Bear, Seattle Thunderbirds, Tyler Benson, Vancouver Giants, Leon Dreisaitl. It says Kelowna Rockets, but he was a Prince Albert Raider, let's be honest. <laughs> Tyler yeah. Ennis from the Medicine Hat Tigers, Caleb Jones, Portland Winterhawks, Jujar Kara from the Everett Silvertips, Nuge from Red Deer, Chris Russell, Medicine Hat Tigers, Stuart Skinner from the Swift Current Broncos, and yo boy, Kyler Yamamoto from the Spokane Chiefs. Hell yeah. 11 players from the dub. That's impressive. That's a lot. And they're all and- they're all Canadians, are they not? No, Leon's German. Duh. And y- Yamamoto's American. Yamamoto's American. So nine Canadian players. Nine players from Western Canada on the Oilers. Nice on. Uh... Speaking of the Oilers, yeah, they way. played it. They played a game last night. We're recording this on Thursday. I know it goes out on Friday, but shut <laughs> up, <laughs> Ryan. They played a game, and so now on they this did. new segment, I'm introducing called. They way, played a game. Way too early overreactions after the first game. 
Uh, Ryan, are the Oilers doomed? Should they tear it down? Should they sell the farm? Just trade, trade everyone everybody. Away? Trade everybody. Send McDavid to the. I'm not gonna say the taxi squad. No, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> uh, because that would be sacrilegious. Uh, mm. But I, uh, give me your thoughts from that first game. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> it was good. It was nice to have it was back. It wasn't good. I, okay, first of all, yes. For three <laughs> hours, I did not think about COVID nineteen and how the world is a flaming ball of shit. Uh, for three blissful hours, I just focused on how infuriated I was at the Oilers. I'm happy that they wore the dark blue. I like the jerseys a lot. Those are such nice jerseys. For some reason, McDavid never performs in them, which I did some detective work this morning. Great research. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I, I'm thinking, I'm like, I feel like I haven't like, when I think of the McDavid highlight real goals or highlight real games. None never, of them I, are in that jersey. Yeah. And so I was curious. And last night sparked this. He got no points last night somehow. And so I'm like, I just wonder. And so I went through McDavid has played um, seven games in that Jersey. He has one goal and two secondary assists. Wow. Hey, the well, Oilers have won that Jersey for eight games, but he was injured for one against Minnesota. So yeah, McDavid has, McDavid has only three points in seven games. It's weird, right? Cause it, first of all, it was opening night. McDavid always plays well on opening night. Like he, he's good for at least two points. Yeah, it was Which is his, why when we were down by two, I'm like, we're good. McDavid it, has it. Right? It was his birthday, which he, I might be wrong here, but I think he usually plays well when he plays on his birthday. He only played once before on his birthday, and, and the team did win. It was in Vegas, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know for sure. I haven't looked in that game. Yeah, I think it was Vegas. It was his 21st birth, birthday. We were like... Yeah. Oh, his 21st birthday in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, real funny Yay. Oiler fans. Um <laughs> so let's break it down. Let's just I I'm not gonna go goal by goal because I don't want to do that. But just <laughs> was there anyone that played really well? Anyone that was shitty? How um, the Oilers play? Give me your thoughts. Um Dry Saddle, Yamoto, good as usual. Costin that line was clicking. People are going to blame Koskinen. Don't. He was good. Also, by the way, Koskinen is starting again game two. Wait, for real? Yes. For real. No. Who said that? Twitter. Who on Twitter? Um. uh, I forget who said it first. Um. I'm scrolling. Right I now don't. I think again. this is fake news you're spreading. No, 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 it's not. Reed Reed Wilkins said Smith was getting the start. That was hours ago. Things and have changed. Mike Smith's not even the backup tonight. Stuart Skinner's the backup tonight. To Koskinen. This is all going to be obsolete once this podcast gets out. I know. Yeah, John Shannon here. Demko versus Koskinen tonight. Shut up. No way. For realsies. Yep, Costco is starting. Oilers are going to be wearing orange, which means we're going to kick ass. Um, yeah, that's kind of whack. <laughs> but going uh... on with, with, your, with your question, um, adding on to who played really well, Dominic Cahoon had chances like crazy. 
Um, McDavid, we mentioned, had no points. He could have had three. Um, Slater Cuckoo was really good. Barry was really good on the power play. Our power play in general didn't get a goal, but as the game went on, they got better. So I think Barry, honestly, I think Barry was good. Um, In terms of who was also Nurse. Nurse and Bear is a good pairing. In terms of who was bad, um, Chason, Kara, Larson, Jones was fine. His pairing struggled. But yeah, in terms of who was and Turris didn't do much either, but yeah. Um, looks like the lines are gonna be the same for tonight's game, which will have already been passed by the time this releases, so who really cares? I mean, um, it starts in yeah, half think, an hour as we're I recording this, so yeah, the standouts for me because of the new guys is Cuckoo and Cahoon. They were both really good. Cuckoo, cuckoo. I did. Okay, cuckoo. I I started saying that every time he touched the puck last night, and I thought it was the funniest shit I have ever heard. The whole game. Cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> I just I spent. Glad the, you're entertaining yourself. <laughs> the whole second period, I was well because I didn't. The game sucked so. <laughs> like, that was not a very well played hockey game, I don't think. Well, that was preseason. Yeah, it was our preseason game. Um, hey, if it makes you feel any better, the Oilers are last in the division, but so are the Penguins and Avalanche. So, in their own divisions, which is wild. So, you know what? If all- you're gonna write off the Oilers, if you're gonna write off the Oilers for losing game one. I guess the Avalanche, go write them off too, because they're yeah. actually behind us right now in the standings. You so. know what? All three of those teams have in common. Hmm. Very disappointing playoffs. I wouldn't say disappointing. They made top eight. Eh, that, you know what? That is for Avalanche standards. Right? That is. Kiviranta, so. Mr. Games. So. Um, I thought, okay. I don't think anyone played bad. I think Except there were. Chase on the power play and Larson. Okay, Alex Chason was not the problem last night. I'm sorry. No, no one. Yeah, no one player was the problem, but some guys I, just weren't on top of their game. I'll start. And I with, guess Larson did score, so I'll start easy. with Adam Larson because he seems. I think he was wearing the collar. Uh you know, he was kind of the whipping boy last night. Um, Larson was what a minus three. It was so weird. He scored, so that was kind of nice. Larson was probably responsible for three goals against, but then he scored one and he also stopped about four more. Right. It was just, it was so weird. Like he'd follow up this unbelievable defensive play, but like the, was it the first goal? The one where Bo Horvat just got left wide open. Yeah. Where, so Cassian has Larson abandoned his man. Cassian has Pearson. the angle on Pearson and yeah. and he has him. Like he hasn't beat. Cassian's winning that puck battle. But then Pearson mm-hmm. just makes, you know, it was a pretty good pass. Right? The fact yeah. that he got it out of there cleanly. Nice play. But then yeah. where the fuck is Larson? <laughs> On the other side, behind Cassian, he's instead like, well, of covering Horvat, he's like, "Oh, I'm about to end this man's career," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna hit this guy." Like, come on, he like, I, why did I, he have I, two guys on Pearson by the boards? He's I stuck. know, I know that Larson knows better than that because he, yeah, of course he does. It was just a total brain fart. Uh, there was a <sighs> he didn't even shoulder check to see if someone was wide open in front. He no, he 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 didn't even like. 
I'll take a peek. <laughs> He's just on Pearson. Which, um, side note, when did Tanner Pearson become an elite playmaker? Because <laughs> there, he had, he had as, a as soon as he got to Vancouver, literally, that guy was being traded for 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 crap from L.A. to Pittsburgh, and then he goes to to Vancouver, and they got him for Gustafson. Like, and now he's playing top line. Huh? Yeah. Um, I think Jujar Kara's lost me. I, after that game, because over the, so after the playoffs, I was, I was down on Jujar. I yeah. was like, yeah, not a fan. But then I started, you know, reading fancies. And everyone said he's a good defender and a lead penalty killer, so I'll trust him. And then he totally abandons his man and stops skating, and the puck's in the back of our net. Uh, yeah, basically. That was not good. Juju Kara, it's really simple. He's got to do two things. He's got to play physical, and he's got to be good in his own end. That's the only thing he has to do. And, and he was last night, he didn't, he, he didn't do either of those. And for most of last season, he didn't do either of those. So, and it seems like he's he's been given another chance tonight. From what I can tell so far, he's still there. Shore, McLeod, Nygaard, no one's slotting in. He is still there from what I can tell. Yeah. Um, he's going to play again. Uh, Koskinen, I said this on Twitter. If the ghost of Jacques Plante was in net for the Edmonton Oilers... Oilers legend Jacques Plant, by the way. Uh, what was the final score? Five three. Yeah. Okay, so if Jacques Plant, the ghost of Jacques Plant, is in net, that game's like four three, or maybe maybe oh, yeah. three three. There's probably yeah. one or two that you hope Miko gets. But mm-hmm. if you're blaming, if you're saying he had he a bad game. Out. Come on, guys. Like, literally, look at some of the screen caps from last night's game. Three guys on one side of the ice, and there's Bo Horvat just in front of the net with time yeah. to make himself a sandwich. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it was not on Miko. Uh, guys that played well, Kyle Yamamoto was the best oiler on the ice. That goal that he scored was unbelievable. Um, and it was all him. It was he turned the puck over. He won a puck battle. He got it to Leon. Leon got it back to him, and he just the way he shot it yeah. when he was falling down. That <laughs> that was like Renaissance was awesome. art. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. That that uh, dry sidle Yamamoto Cahoon line was clicking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cahoon. Okay. Cahoon could have had a hat trick yesterday. Cahoon could have had a hat trick. McDavid could have had a hat trick. Dry settle probably could have had a hat trick. Like puck luck goal. Like the Oilers will be the first to tell you they did not play well, but they still could have won that game if a couple of bounces go their way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's not let's not actually okay, Ryan. I just hypothetical. Mm-hmm. First shift of the game, Zach Cassian throws a big hit. Yeah. It's a totally different game from that point, right? Yeah. Right? Because the, fir- the first part of the game was really tentative. Both teams were really sloppy. They were kind of feeling each other out. Yeah. Zach Cassian goes out and runs a guy. Even if he takes a penalty, I think that sparks the Oilers. 
and we're they probably win. It could happen, right? I'm not. I'm not trying to single out Cassian because I thought he was fine. He had um, a great assist. That assist was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so to who even scored that goal? Nurse, nurse. Yeah. Yeah, but it just goes to show the margin of error in the NHL, and I feel like we talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. That it it's so slim. Every team is so close to each other that it's those little things, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's someone else I wanted to talk about. Oh, Slater Cuckoo, Cuckoo, uh, was probably our best Cuckoo. defenseman. Um, he's so good. Him and I, I like that Barry pairing that he's on. Me too. I think they complement each other because they could both move the puck. Uh, and Cuckoo, Cuckoo looks really solid in his own end. So he is. Uh, the power play. It got better as the game went on. Stop giving Leon the puck on the entry. Just give it to Connor. <laughs> yeah. Right? Until Leon and Ryan, you know this. I'm the biggest dry saddle fan on the planet. Until he stops doing that fucking drop pass where he just turns it over and then he's like, ah, fuck. Shit. Instead of <laughs> instead of back checking. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Right? That's what he does. <laughs> And when you put yeah. up when you put up a bazillion points, do whatever the fuck you want, man. But until he figures out to stop doing that, just give the puck to Connor. Once you yeah, get, get in, get him go set up. Once you're in the zone, give it to give Leon. It to Leon. <laughs> right? Let him yeah. do his thing. But entering the zone is not Leon's cup of tea. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like shit. I, God uh, damn it. I want Neil back, man. But yeah, um, the power play, the f- it's fine. Uh, They're it, holding it on to the puck they too didn't, long, right? A little bit, a little it, bit. It needs to be snappier, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't. I like what Barry's done on that to that though. Eh. Barry and McDavid are a great duo at the point. Yeah. I like what they're doing a lot. Yeah, they haven't been like, and they have been shooting. Um, I love Nuge. Nuge needed to Nuge. shoot a bit more yesterday. There oh yeah, he, he had that one Nuge. chance. He had that one chance where he had an open net and he passed it. It was it was an open net and Holpe. Okay, so he has an open net. Holpe is is moving and moving fast to cover the open net. Nuge, if he would have shot, it could have been a save of the year by Holpe, or it could have been a goal. And he chose to pass it to someone further away with a better angle. So I get the the choice to pass was because Holpe may have gotten to Nuge's shot in time, but the person who Nuge passed to, I think it was Cassian. Holpe is not getting to Cassian's shot in time. Did Cassian get a shot on that play? No, Cassian did not get a shot. Okay. That's, that's it. End of discussion. Yeah. Shoot the but damn puck. Point is, how point many is, times I understand when what Mc, Nuge was when, doing when McDavid was still. a rookie and and uh, and in his second year? How many times did he fucking make one too many passes? Like that season, he got a hundred points. The first time he cracked a hundred, if he would have actually seventy assists, if he actually would have shot the puck, he would have had a hundred and seventy. I'm serious, <laughs> like. The amount of open yeah. well, net why goals do you think Patrick Maroon got 27 goals? 
It's because McDavid refused to shoot the puck. <laughs> yeah. But now he shoots, and he's pretty good yeah. at it. Uh, I think news need to shoot a bit more yesterday. Other thoughts I have on that game. Uh, I'm going to go back to Yamamoto for a second. So he takes a penalty. He takes a tripping penalty. Uh, not his fault. I'm not mad at him at all for that. It is a tripping yeah. penalty, but there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. Guy just stepped on your stick. And and yeah. he goes to the penalty box. He asks the referee, and he's respectful about it. You know, oh, I'm so, like, you know, what did you see? What can I, whatever. What's the first thing he does when he gets back on the ice? Straight to the net, draws a cross check. Yeah. I fucking love that. I love Yamamoto so much, dude. He is. He's awesome. He is what Cassian could be. I think. Now Cassian, yeah. Cassian doesn't quite have the hands, but, but he's he's got he's the faster. speed, yeah, and he's bigger, way bigger. Like, I I didn't get the stats from last night game, but I'm willing to put money that Yamamoto had more hits than than Cassian. Absolutely, and um, that that should not be happening when one guy's Zach Cassian and the other guy's five eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have one small lineup change from yesterday. Devin Shore slots in for Tyler Ennis because Tyler Ennis is he's Tyler Ennis is banged up. Uh, and he didn't have a great game last night either. I yeah. don't think so. Shore, Kara, Shaysan. That line's terrifying. If they get any even strength time, that is terrifying. Yeah. Eesh. Um, let's hope that they put a nurse and bear behind him or cuckoo behind him. I don't even know. Just don't play that line. <laughs> I think defense as a whole, they were too aggressive last night. Yeah. Too many do or die plays, and they all blew up in their faces. Yeah. Right. Too many times where they were pinching on their own blue line and they were trying to intercept a pass when they would have been better off just to sag back and, and actually defend, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was everybody. That was one through six. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else? On the Oilers? Um, well, by the time this is out, game two's over. So yep. let's hope that we won that one. Hopefully all this just doesn't mean anything. Hopefully we don't have to fucking come back and grill <laughs> the Oilers. I'm thinking there's going to be a win tonight. Uh, well, again, orange jerseys. <laughs> last season, the Oilers were really good at not letting games like this snowball. Yep. Uh, whenever they laid a dud. They, I, I almost like that it's a back to back. Excuse me, a back to back. Uh, yep. Partially because you're playing the same team, so there's no advantage there. But mm-hmm. also, you don't have to dwell on on the loss for. Because yep. when you're an athlete, and you you play a game like that where you should have won but you didn't, uh, the only thing you want to do is get back out there and win a game. So, yep. Um, yeah, it's 23 hours later after the first puck drops, the second puck drops, and um, got to get two points out of this one. I'm not going to call it a must win. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Hockey's back. <laughs> <laughs> also, bef- before I forget, uh, yes, he was awesome. I love oh, yeah. having him back. Oh, yeah. It just feels right. 
You know, mm-hmm. that man was born to be an oiler. Yeah. Uh, so, but, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say now. Uh, anything else on the Oilers? Um, if you want to listen to more Oilers discussion and you haven't already checked out our bonus episode, yep, go check it out. It's about the season as a whole. Um, so it's not going to be obsolete for a very long time. Um, we got three guests on that show. Um, speaking of guests, our next segment, we have a, a different I just, guest sorry, on. Sorry, I, I hate to interrupt, but I just want to say that show was an absolute blast. Oh, yeah. Easily the most fun I've ever had doing a podcast. So Yeah, so yeah, go check it out if you haven't already. Yeah, it's only an hour if you're, if you're like my mom and can't <laughs> sit through anything more than an hour long. Uh, well, it's not like I'm sitting there listening to podcasts doing nothing else. It's background noise. It's good, good, good conversation. You know. I'm glad that I'm just background noise to you. Well, I don't listen to our own. <laughs> Actually, I I did yeah. listen to. Yeah, to me neither. Show. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Sorry. Why don't you intro our next segment? Alrighty. So, our next segment, you guys, we have a guest. Of someone who is inside the world junior bubble. So that's kind of nifty. Whoa. Sorry, I'll shut up. Look forward to that interview coming up now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, real treat for you. Back-to-back episodes with a guest on the show. That's an accomplishment for us. Uh, We are joined by Noah Rashog. You might know someone related to him. Probably not. Uh, But Noah was a key member of the TSN staff at the World Juniors Bubble over at Rogers Place. Noah, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Key member might be embellishing a bit, just warning you there. Hey, <laughs> I. this is just what TSN sent me, okay? Um, <laughs> so I just, we wanted to have you on during the tournament, but it just, it never worked out, schedules and all. Uh, but I'm really excited to have you on today. Do you want to just go through kind of day by day, give us a broad overview of what the experience was like? Well, the first four days or so, we had to actually quarantine, like in our hotel rooms. We weren't allowed to leave. That was kind of the setup. So I, w- I was in a hotel room with my dad for those first four days, and it, the days kind of melted together. It was, an, it was this weird experience you know, being in this hotel room, it went by really fast. And then I was finally, when we got out, we were already running games, the exhibition games that happened before the tournament. I kind of got to know my spot a bit. And I, I was mostly just, you know, behind the scenes in the production area and printing off scripts, getting copies for whoever needs them, making a good impression. You get the whole <laughs> nine yards. And uh, yeah, that that was mostly my my general experience Although when we actually got into the actual uh, like games for the tournament, it, it got a lot busier, I guess you could say. Like I was constantly on my feet. But then when the games actually were playing, if I didn't choose to watch them, then I was off doing my own thing, like making school emails behind the scenes. And yeah. It was a definitely a really interesting experience. I'm glad that I got the opportunity to do. Yeah, it sounds like a, sounds like a fun time just being in the bubble, um, behind the scenes running things. Um, I understand you had an office uh, to yourself <laughs> that wasn't actually yours or to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, 
one of the one of the main people I was working with was a, a producer. His name was Steve Dryden. He every way. He, he's he's a wonderful guy. But I we did sort of have an office. It was more of an open space that was up elevated behind the actual set. And I was there for the first couple of days. He wasn't there yet. He hadn't been uh, released from quarantine. So I'm like, okay, I got to lay my stake or I got to make my claim <laughs> to this office. I take these sticky notes and write Noah's office and stick them to the wall. I bet they're probably still there unless cleanup crew's gone through. But yeah, that, that, that's how that went. You didn't pee on any of his stuff, did you? Well, you have to make your claim to your. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I imagine you had a pretty good view for most of the tournament, hey? Uh, from the actual office itself, it was impeded by the set. Like, you couldn't see over the set desk of half of the ice. So whenever I watch, I would either walk up on the set and watch with the anchors, but I didn't want to feel like I was imposing, so I'd occasionally walk down into kind of the bowl area and just stand there. Right. And I got a good, good view of the games I actually wanted to watch. Some of them were not really worth watching, but, uh... I don't know what you're talking about. I was thrilled by every single game at the tournament. Uh, I never once fell asleep. Um, <laughs> in terms of, in terms of the 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 bubble in general and the protocols that they had in place, like I imagine you were getting tested every day. Oh yeah, that that was it. We had, we even had to be tested before we went in three tests. Took before we went into the bubble. Then every day before we got into Rogers Place in Ford Hall, the big. Uh, they have there they had these testing booths set up and you had to get in line every day before you went to work and go through that get tested and that's how that went and it was insane too we had uh these uh tracking wristbands to make sure that we weren't uh not social distancing doing all that lot and there was also this app that we had it was called the clear app where we had to take a survey every day how we're feeling you know are you coughing are you sneezing sniffling whatever and then we had to get a temperature checked from these kiosks, which were in the hotel and the rink. And that was our pass to get back into the hotel and back into Roger's place by showing that we're all clear with the, with the app. Pretty good procedure there to keep everyone, uh, keep track of everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. I imagine it would be even more for like the players and stuff too. That'd be insane. Like testing all the time, tracking, monitoring of symptoms yeah it was it was a real scare at the start of the tournament when it all of a sudden came out that eight players on team germany had covid and i'm like oh my god those guys are two floors below us <laughs> quarantining yeah. down there i'm glad they were all good and some of them even played if i recall correctly mm-hmm. afterwards but i imagine they kept you guys separated right Oh, for sure. The only yeah. time we'd ever interact with players is if we bumped by them in the lobby or we caught them in an elevator. Most of the, the teams were separated from each other. They got a different entrance to the rank, different places where rides, they get rides and not an awful lot of interaction. Some of the videos I've been seeing uh, floating around, you know, Twitter and YouTube and such, it, it got me thinking that, you know, most fans, when they think about Rogers Place, they go there and it's crowded, right? <laughs> how yeah. how freaked out were you, like on the concourse or just going around the arena, and you're not bumping into people every five feet? I walked the entire length of the concourse. I went all the way around, 
and there was not a single soul except for maybe some production guy talking to his talking to his wife on the phone or something it was a really odd experience yeah. even the, the the talent on set they were coming wow isn't it insane how we're walking through roger's place and there's not a single other person or a crowd of people like it looks so different yeah you can walk faster than like stop and go speed no one's stepping on your heels you can actually see where you're going that well, must be crazy <laughs> you can you probably run around that whole thing running. in like a minute yeah yeah that's how some guys would get exercise. They would run the concourse. <laughs> well, yeah. Tempe. Or Steve Walker, whatever they'd do. Well, I, I saw a video. I'm I'm not sure if this was in violation of any rules, but I I don't know. I wasn't there. But um, shout out Corwin, bar down. Broke out the rollerblades, did a little stick handling work, you know. I, I saw that. Corwin and I actually sat at the same table for, uh, for the butt. Like, we... Every day we had assigned tables that we would go to for our dinners and our mm-hmm. and our lunches. And he was at my table. I was also at the table with a bunch of people who came from Sweden. They were they were very awesome folks and it was nice to get that <laughs> cultural exchange. The Swedes are great people. I've Oh yeah, that that's the impression I got for sure. Yeah. I've you know what I learned from the Swedish people? What's that? They think that rice krispies are the most dis- disgusting thing. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing, right? You can't, what I've learned with, with Western and particularly American food is you can't think about it. You just got to eat it. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't think Rice Krispies are all that good, but I like, they watched me eat it with like I was biting into like an eyeball or something. <laughs> uh, like it's just cereal and marshmallow and chemical. I wouldn't worry about it. It's, well, cere- you know, it's cereal and marshmallows, is it not? Those mostly. Are- yeah, pretty much. In Sweden, they've got all these laws about what can go into food and what can't go into food, and it's not quite as restricted in Canada. So I remember they're reading through all the uh, ingredients on the wrappers, and they're just like, ugh, ugh, <laughs> what is all this? I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not fish and meatballs, guys. Like- <laughs> we, we did have the IKEA talk. <laughs> and how did that go well you know it's it's apparently a thing you'll go to ikea and get a meal there huh and it's, it's nice and cheap and they 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 run at a deficit and sell their stuff really cheap because they bring so many customers yeah that was a cool oh, little yeah. tip yeah. economics <laughs> but yeah it was it was interesting to have that <laughs> cultural exchange was there was there anything else in in the bubble that uh like you re- so you had the testing the wristbands was there anything else that you really it took a while to get used to you know uh, in my jobs that I've worked and school that I've gone to we haven't really been used to wearing a mask 24/7 mm. and again I'm I'm all for wearing masks important it got it got yeah I, I swear like i have probably not anymore but i have these blisters on my ear from wearing a mask Eesh. so much yeah because we had and we were working 12-hour shifts at the arena so when we had these these masks on the entire time it got a little uh it got a little difficult you know the air you're breathing it goes up in your eye yeah it dries them out mm-hmm. well, that, yeah, that took some getting used to for sure i'm, I'm just thinking in my day-to-day 
I, the most I've had to wear a mask for is maybe half an hour, 45 minutes when I go to you know, Walmart. Like going into the store and yeah. all this type of stuff. But when you're working a job with a mask, it's a totally different ball game. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, right? Like I, I go in, I do my thing. And then as soon as I get in my car, I'm taking the mask off and then I don't have to wear it because I'm just <laughs> going straight home. But yeah. Yeah, like, none of that reprieve. Like you were just between, were, were you guys standing in the Marriott, right? Connected no, to we were in the Marriott, the, no. the group B was, that's where Team Canada was. I was in the Sutton place, which we had to shuttle to work each day because oh, okay. of Marriott, because the Sutton place isn't connected to Rogers, like the right. Marriott yeah. is. Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I got to take it off once I got back in my hotel room, but that was pretty much the only place. When mm-hmm. I got back in my hotel room, it was straight to bed and then wake up for the next day. Yeah, put it back on. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> that is a lot of... But this does seem like a good time uh, to say, wear your damn mask, Edmonton. Exactly. Go <laughs> <Agreed>. board. <laughs> um, one of my favorite Twitter follows during the World Juniors was you and your dad posting various shenanigans <laughs> happening inside the bubble. What was, like, your... I don't know. What what was the most fun thing you guys got up to? Well, the Nerf guns are pretty fun. We we, yeah. we spent like an entire day trying to rig up these trick shots that we were doing. And we'd have like du- duels with each other. That that was that was certainly fun. And yeah, it, it was it was good fun. We had a lot of it published like publicized as well where we put it up on Twitter and you know people would like that. Oh, this is what's going on inside the bubble. bubble I mean, other than the hockey, there wasn't a lot going on. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was mostly during our first four days when we actually had time to get up to shenanigans. After that, it just became all work. You probably would yeah. notice that the Twitter shenanigans dropped off. Yeah. You know, I, I I barely saw my dad that entire that entire trip. It, it's a, it's the strangest well, thing. He's big shot TSN guy interviewing <laughs> all the players. Of course not. Uh, <laughs> You know, he was he was down with the reporters, with Mark Masters and the other people that came in from different places around the country, and he was doing his reporter thing. Whereas I was mostly on set, where all the uh, like Bob McKenzie and James Duffy were, and all the the main hosts. And then after Christmas, I got my own room and I moved out from my dad's room. And after that, we rarely saw each other. Mm-hmm. Were there tears? Yeah. Did it get emotional when you moved out? <laughs> kind of did. I mean, it was unspoken, but it was like... It was there. It was there. Yeah. Like, All right, I'm leaving the nest, Papa. <laughs> Love it. So you said you were on set for like the broadcast and stuff quite a bit as well, hey? And I know you and I both mm-hmm. did broadcasting in high school on the news. Yeah. Nice um, plug. How, like, <laughs> and like, that was like a bit of a taste of it, but I imagine it's like freaking way more intense, not nearly as laid back there for real. So like, was your, were you mostly just on, you know, coffee and scripts or do you have any other sort of responsibilities in terms of like the tech um, aspect of that? Well, I did help set up some of the flashpoints, which were our interview areas where we bring players mm-hmm. to set up. But other than that, no, I can't be trusted with any cameras or recording equipment. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course but- not the heavy duty uh, team. <laughs> I'm operating a switcher behind the scenes. No, sir. 
Well, at least yeah, you're good at getting coffee and scripts, eh? <laughs> Whenever somebody needed something, you know, I was a PA. Like I, I would mm-hmm. run around and help and offer to help and try to make a good impression. That was, that was mostly it. You were the yeah. glue guy. You were the one yeah. holding everybody together. Good exactly. locker room guy. Running around. You should Great see locker coffees. room guy. <laughs> the water boy of the production side. <laughs> no, legitimately, I was running waters at one point. I mean, <laughs> hey, it, it it's a thankless job, but it's an important job. I'm well, sure. Need some water. I'm sure you Bob McKenzie needs his water or else <laughs> shit hits the fan. Oh uh, yeah, you, you should see how many coffee cups I can carry now. There was this one point, like I learned how to have one coffee cup and then another stacked on top and yeah. walk with that in two hands. But it got tricky once I had a three stack and had to hold it down on my chin and balance the other <laughs> with the other hand. How did this is um how to hold five coffee cups with no Rashog here on Yig Sports? <laughs> Very important. Isn't this a sports podcast? I'm, I'm gonna have to start filing this under educational podcasts. <laughs> uh, shout out to water i gotta shout out water man you, you need water if you're talking at all yeg sports sponsored by h2o <laughs> well me breaking the news to the crew too that the talent or the water was only for talent too that was the hardest oh, part of my job e- like <laughs> can, I, can i have a water bottle no you see <laughs> yikes <laughs> So, mm-hmm. Noah, in, in terms of the hockey, what, 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 like, there was a concern heading into the tournament that the, I know I had this a little bit that the, the players wouldn't be playing their A, a game because, especially Team Canada, they had, yeah. you know, most of these guys haven't played since March. What was your overall impression? Was the hockey up to standard? I, I'd say it was. A lot of the boys were eager to play, especially after that painful quarantine they had to go through in Red Deer. Mm-hmm. Thinking, Don't you know, they, in Red Deer. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't play on their A game, but they got into their groove pretty fast. They had a lot of exhibition games to warm up, as well as practices happening on ice as well. I wouldn't know exactly if they were playing their A games, because most of them were in the same boat. I, I'd have to look up whether or not any other teams had to quarantine before they came, but it wasn't an uncommon thing what Canada went through. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what What did you think of Team Canada's play? Just I know it was a disappointing result, but I I thought they had um, they had a couple games where they got their A game off and they played really well. There was some games where they didn't play great, but they were playing Switzerland. Uh, <laughs> like what What did you think of Canada's game? Canada, through most of the tournament, did an absolutely incredible job. That first game against the Russians, that was an absolute blowout. And Canada, all up until the USA-Canada game, had not been scored on outside of a penalty kill. That, that to me, was definitely yeah. like an example of Canada's A game. What happened in the finals, I'm not entirely sure. I think the, the United States, they, they'd been through a lot, and I think they really wanted that more. Although I can't say for sure what was the driving force behind the USA playing so amazing in that final and uh, Canada not so much. Mm-hmm. And I I said this on our show, they lost. I mean, it happens sometimes, right? Yeah. At sports and especially hockey. Like, I what is it like? Hockey is 
like 55% skill and the rest is random or something. I'm probably Pretty way off. Could be something like that. I, I heard, I heard someone say something like that once. Uh, <laughs> Although, you know, from the get go of that Canada USA game, when I'm watching it, cause I'm fully invested in this, I'm up, I'm up on the set and I'm watching over yeah. and I'm watching like my eyes are lasered to the ice and, from the get-go, I could kind of tell that the Canada-USA game was not going well and that Canada would probably not come out the victors in this. The USA just had, like, super intensity. It, it was almost, I mean, if I had been cheering for the USA, it would have almost been inspiring. Well, if, if you're cheering for the USA, you'd be a traitor and uh, we'd have to deport you. <laughs> um, uh, Ryan, you got any more questions for our guest? Um. How was the water there? I'm just curious. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. To it. Leave only. it to Ryan. Leave it to Ryan <laughs> to ask about the fucking water. Uh, no, I think that's all I got for you. All right. Um, I know I'm totally unprepared for this, but uh, Ryan, do you have a shout out this week? Um, my shout out is to James Neal. Um, who's the real apparently deal. back in the lineup starting next week. So I'm excited for that, to, for him to come back. Because based on how Shaysan put in the power play yesterday, we we're going to need him. So Lol. Um, getting to bring Neil back. Um, also, Craig Anderson, of course, he had that inspiring story a couple of years ago. Um, he got a contract with the Capitals. So his career gets to continue, even if it's just as a taxi squad man. So got to be happy for him. I thought of a shout out today, but I'm totally blanking. Um <laughs> You know what? Here's what I'm going to shout out. I'm going to shout out uh, Harner Ryan Singh from Sportsnet, who did the play-by-play for uh, the, you know, the the Oilers. That's what they're called. <laughs> the Oilers Canucks season opener. Guys. Um, I don't think that was his first English broadcast. I think he's done the English broadcasts on Sportsnet yeah. before, but it was definitely his first season opener. And that's mm-hmm. whether you're, you know, player, ref, broadcaster, like you're doing the opening night national TV game. That's huge accomplishment for him. So shout out to him. Uh, Noah. Yes. You got, you got something you want to plug here? You get some work of yours that you want to shout out? Okay. Well, this isn't a thing I'm doing for exposure, but I do run oh, the TikTokies. The TikTokies. Don't be shy. Uh, I'm at Rashad Ground up there. I do news videos. I'm not not necessarily sports. I just cover events. And it's mostly to build a portfolio because I am going into to, to broadcast journalism. So I want something to show for, you know? Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, go. And sorry, that's what, what was the handle again? It's at Rashad underscore Roundup. Rashad underscore Roundup. Go get your news. Way better than, <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's way higher quality you know, actual news as opposed to uh, some other people that we know. Uh, you should see my recording setup. It's duct tape on the wall. Hey, man. Like, you no, know, I, I didn't know that duct tape peeled drywall paint. I do now. We start. We <laughs> learning. We started out with an iPhone on a scarf. And now, <laughs> literally, uh, that's right. That's the MacGyver situation. That's how we recorded our first episode. Mm. So, love the yeah. MacGyver reference there. Yeah, freaking, we set we set an <laughs> iPhone seven on top of a scarf. That was <laughs> really that's how we started off. Really peeling back the curtain here on Yig Sports. <laughs> All right. So we've done our shout outs. If you're a fan of the show, 
You know what's next. It's time for Yag Sports Trivia. Oh, God. Brought to you by absolutely nobody because, uh, yeah, we're not cool, apparently. All right. So, I guess, Noah, I forgot to tell you the, the trivia topic before the show. So, you're totally going off the cuff here. Oh, yes, man. No research. I, I think don't it's a pretty easy topic. The question is not very easy, but you should know at least something about this topic. Today's trivia is about the birthday boy himself. He celebrated his 24th birthday when we're recording this yesterday. Mr. Connor McDavid, uh, Edmonton's very own. Uh, so, yeah, you guys are going to be competing against each other. I'm not doing a lifeline. I'm changing it up this week. Okay. No, no help, no hints. Just uh, I'm gonna read the question. Ninety-seven. Wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna read the question. If you, if you think you know the answer, make a sound. Uh, yeah, let's get started. Question number one. I'm starting it off with a true or false question. Question number one: True or false? Connor McDavid was the first player in Hockey Canada history to be granted exceptional player status so he could play a year early in Major Junior. True or false? Beep. Ryan. That's false. That is correct. The answer is false. He was the third player ever. The first two... Uh, and Yeah, who's the first two? Because I don't know. You may have heard of them. John Tavares and Aaron Ekblad. Nope. Aaron Ekblad. Really? Yep. Wow. Ekblad. Mm-hmm. Ekblad who went before dry side. I, I look how he turned out. Serviceable NHL or hey. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Ryan's up one nothing. Question number two. This is a math question. So Noah, I don't know how good your math is. Well, I'm going to a technical school. Oh. oh. <laughs> I have ten fingers. <laughs> Question number two. Connor McDavid has won at least one gold medal with Team Canada at the U18, the World Juniors, and the World Championships. In these three tournaments, how many points has he scored in a Team Canada sweater? Whoever gets closest wins. Oh, shucks. In, In these tournaments. In those three tournaments. How, how, how many points has he scored in a Team Canada sweater? Hmm. I figure we're both giving our answer here, right? I'd assume, yeah. unless one of you gets it. I'm going to go with... Thirty? Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking Fair around part. there as well. I happen to know that um I ha- I do happen to know that he has 15 world junior points. Looked at the all-time list of tracking nice. for Canada when Cousins was making record stuff happen. I checked. So McDavid I know has 15 at the juniors, but I never really watched the championships or anything else. So um I was thinking if that's about half his points, you should think 30 is a really good estimate. I'm going to go with 40 because I think he has played more championships than juniors because the Oilers don't make the playoffs very much. So I'm assuming he went those a little I thought, bit. So I, 
I thought you were going to go thirty-one and prices right him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna highball it a little bit just in case it's crazy. Okay, so Ryan, you're forty. Noah, you said thirty, correct? I said thirty. Okay. At these three tournaments combined in his career, in 41 games played, Connor McDavid. Uh oh, he's a he's a point per game at least. 55 points. Holy smokes! Uh, I'm going to make a fool of myself. So (laughs) I thought I was going high. I didn't know he had that many games. 2013 at the U18s, 14 points in seven games. That yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) 2014 World Juniors, four points. Uh, 2015 World Juniors, 11 points. And then at the World Championship, nine points and 17 points. 17 points in 10 games. Are you kidding me? And also, this didn't count towards a question. World Cup, three points in three games for Team North America. Uh, So I didn't know we had that many games played. Because I definitely would have gone like 1.2 points per game. But I didn't know how many games he had. But, well, one U18, two World Juniors, two World yeah. Championships, but you didn't know that. So, maths. Question three What breed is Connor McDavid's dog, Lenny? Oh, <laughs> the look on I, Ryan's face, just deer in headlights. That's such a good question that I thought I you know. were kidding for a second. No, that's, that's the question. I, oh. I think I remember what the dog looks like. It's, it's, a, it's a golden little fluffy thing, isn't it? Or it's a little, like, a little is bigger. It? Is I it? don't know. I'm, I'm trying to fish it's... for answers here. <laughs> See, Noah, you know what? It's, it's large. It's large and it's black and white. Black and white? But yeah. So I, I don't know if I should be, like, I don't know if that's considered helping you. I'm just thinking out loud here. And yeah, it's definitely, like, I, and I don't know my dog breeds very well at all. I just know that it's large. Um, <laughs> and it is. black, it's... white, maybe some brown on it. Like, I can picture it. But is it a labradoodle? <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is that your final answer? I'm going to go with that because I've got no better guess without literally typing it up in my computer and not telling you guys. Okay, Ryan, <laughs> let's hear an answer from you. Um, <laughs> Ethan, my question right is, is this like a who's closer question or do we have to get it right? <laughs> it, it might if I be. say flamingo, then Noah gets the point. He could be so far off. <laughs> If it's a who's closer question, then I might as well say flamingo because I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> but if it's about getting, I'm going to say, I'm going to say mutt. Is that, is that even a breed? Does that count? <laughs> that is not a labradoodle. Oh no. Okay. I'm just, I'm torn here. The answer is Bernadoodle. What? So, Mm. I don't know hey, how I dogs work. It is, <laughs> it is a doodle. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are we giving Rashog here half a point? I'm going to give Shogger... Uh, that deserves a point, point five. I got the, the doodle hot. 0.75 <laughs> because I'm feeling generous. Right, wow. I'll take that. Because uh, <laughs> It's he, two to point seven five right now. I think... Yeah. I th- <laughs> I think the reason I'm giving you more than half a point is because I think you had it in your head and just didn't know what it was called. So I commit. Yeah, that's fair. Um, (laughs) Ryan, no. Question four. So it's two to 0.75. 
Uh, so Noah needs these two. Actually, we're going to go game show rules. The last question is going to be worth like 100 points. Question oh, four. Which three National Hockey League teams, and I need all three of them, does McDavid have the most career points against? Which teams does he torch? That's a good question. I'm probably going to have to take a shot in the dark here, but my doodle luck is... Do you want me to go first? Oh, whoever wants to go first. This isn't a who's closer. This is a who gets it right. Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't want to go two for three here, though, and then Noah gets the third one. But, uh, okay, so I'm going to say... Calgary, Colorado, and Dallas. No, no, and no. Those are numbers no. in the top three. Nope. Well, now I know it ain't those ones. Really? Well, Good job, right? down to 27 teams. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to list off some teams and we'll hope we strike gold with this. I could use point three five right now. But uh, I'm just going to, I'm just, before you answer, I'm just going to put this out there. McDavid plays more teams. Some teams more than others, so he probably yeah. has more points against those teams. But yeah, I pick Calgary probably. and Colorado and Dallas, who aren't even in the division. You, well, Anyways. he has he has he, he had he had like a six point game and a five point game against Colorado. In the no, same week. let's let's hear your no. three answers. All right, uh, Canucks, Kings, Ducks. Ooh. those are also great picks. Great picks. Noah, you're two for three. Woo! That's really Canucks is number one. He has 27 points against the Canucks. Wow. 26 against the Los Angeles Kings and 25 against the San Jose Sharks. The Sharks. The Sharks. Sharks. I should have been thinking Western. Like, I was just listing off Western Division because you kind of tipped me off. That. Yeah, I did. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to help you out. Okay, so you're at 0.75 plus two-thirds. I, That's I, 1.42. I suck at fractions. That's okay. 1.42. The score is <laughs> 2 to 1.42. Were we all in the same math class? Here's the final question. I don't remember. Here's the final question. It's a two-part question. Aye. Part one, <laughs> how many hat-tricks does Connor McDavid have in his NHL career? And part two is which teams did he score the hat-tricks against? I'm going to buzz in, okay? Okay. Um, just, just to think through it. His first hat-trick was against the Dallas Stars. Um, his, and then he has one against the Bolts, one against the Avs, Against the Flames on opening night, so I'm at four on. So that's so far we're at four: Dallas, Avs, Flames, and Lightning. And Lightning was actually a four-goal game. Fun fact: um, you don't get bonus points for that, by the way. Now, what other teams has he got to have? No, no uh, one likes to show off. Does Ethan? Does postseason count? Postseason. Yeah, he had oh. a had to, Yeah, the Blackhawks game too. Does that count? That, that's not postseason. It's, just just ask all the Canucks fans that won't shut up about no, it. It's I didn't not postseason. <laughs> I, 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 they didn't I, make the postseason. Postseason instead of playoffs. For, yeah. 
So does does that one is that one of them? Does that I got I got to double check my source here. Okay. What other teams? I didn't even think about the postseason. Yeah, because he has one against the Blackhawks game too. Uh, McDavid. I think he has two hat tricks against the Avalanche. To be honest. Eight. <laughs> eight. <laughs> That's a good guess. That's my guess. You're going with eight. <laughs> I mean, okay, only yes, yes. Explain this full process. The the black <laughs> the Blackhawks one counts. Okay. So there, I just gave you one of the answers. <laughs> Against the Blackhawks. Beep. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay, Ryan, we're gonna finish your answer. All right. So when you're done, you tell me you're done. And then I'll yeah. go to Noah and he'll All give right. me his answer. All right. He's right or wrong though. I yeah. No. All right. Of course so not. Here's what is this? Tampa Bay, Colorado, Dallas, Chicago, Calgary. That's five. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess six. My final answer for the number six. And I know for sure some teams, Dallas, Tampa, Colorado, Calgary, Chicago, and then he he's going to have one more, and I, I don't know who it's against. I'm going to go Colorado a second time. Okay, so just to clarify, your answer is six, and it's okay. Dallas, Calgary, Tampa Bay, Colorado, Colorado again, and Chicago. Correct. Okay. Noah, let's go to you. <clears throat> well, I think it was eight. And I wasn't really paying attention to what Ryan was listing off for the teams scored against. And I'm only gunning for two-thirds of a point here, so I think I'll probably have to leave the second half of this question blank. <laughs> Again, throwing back to math class. <laughs> okay, so Ryan, your answer is six and teams. And Noah, your yeah. answer is eight, but no teams. <laughs> and there's a practice. Okay, I'm going to have to do some quick calculate Ryan one. <laughs> the answer is seven. Did I so, miss one? So we split. Okay, don't the tell difference. me who the seven comes against first. Anaheim. Don't... Right, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one too. So Ryan, some good goals. Ryan wins on the account that he actually answered my question. <laughs> uh, participation awards. Send those up here. <laughs> yes. Awesome. I'll be sure to take that in the mail. You'll have, you'll <laughs> have to talk to our agent. Wait, Ethan, were my other six <laughs> teams correct? Yep. Really? I that's all my memory right there. Even the Colorado just, twice, which I was quite impressed with. That was I like remember. that was like in the same week. Because I know what happened is there was a game that I watched and he had a hatch against the Avalanche. And like the very next week, I was on an improv competition. And I get back to the car, and I'm like, hat trick against the Avalanche. I see three goals from McDavid on my phone. I'm like, no, that's, last <laughs> that's last week's. That's last week's, but it was again. Yeah. It happened again. All right, so yeah. Ryan wins. He's the king of everything. Uh, Noah, you <laughs> suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that wraps it up here on the Egg Sports Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. I 
assume I haven't checked the numbers, but I think there's a lot of new people here today. So uh, welcome aboard. Uh, if you enjoy the show, tell all your friends. If not, tell all your friends because we don't want your friends listening to garbage. Uh, Noah, thanks for doing this. Do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to give to the folks listening? Uh, I don't think so. I think we covered most of what was going on in the juniors. Okay. Well, thanks again for doing this. Ryan, you got anything else for the folks? Um, love, peace, and chicken grease. I hate you so much. I can't believe you said that. you deduct that. points from him for that? <laughs> yeah, I deduct all of Ryan's points. Noah is the new winner of the Exports Trivia. I only need half more points. No, I'm giving you all of Ryan's points. Actually, no. No, I'm taking all of Ryan's points and giving them to me. Right. So I am the champion. Uh, before we leave, Noah, you have a Twitter we can follow you at. Uh, yeah, I actually forgot the handle. I think it's Abershock Noah. Okay, check Abershock Noah. If that doesn't work, let it's us know. Noah Abershock. Okay, Noah Abershock. <laughs> Ryan, can we follow you? Yep, I am at Macney Ryan. I am at Bedusa Ethan. You can follow the show at YEG Sports Pod or check out our website, yegsports.com. There's some stuff there. Check it out. (laughs) Fellas, it was a blast. Noah, thanks again for doing this. Gaetan Haas is an elite center. Sam Bennett's a bust. And we'll see you guys next week.